We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another bonus edition of Perpetual Chess. We are here to discuss the Singfield Cup Hans Niemann slash Magnus Carlsen story once again. Uh, Our guest from Tuesday's episode graciously offered to give some bonus content. Of course, he wrote a blog post about this controversy that's gone semi-viral, and he's always insightful on these matters. So we, before we do introduce and welcome our guest, uh, I just wanted to mention two news items that have happened since last Friday's bonus podcast with Greg Shahadi. I am recording this here on Thursday, September 15th, midday. Um, and the only two major developments, obviously, there have been a lot of people weighing in about this story. But the, to my mind, the two uh, most in- 
important on the record things that have happened are that on September 10th, uh, Chris Bird, the chief arbiter of the Sinkfield Cup, put out a statement which, among other things, said, we currently have no indication that any player has been playing unfairly in the 2022 Singfield Cup. This includes all rounds to date. Uh, and then uh, Dr. Kenneth Regan, who I mentioned last week and who I interviewed a few years ago and is considered uh, one of, if not the leading authority on cheat detection, engine detection in chess. By the way, last week I said he was a statistics professor. He's actually a professor of computer science and engineering, although with a mathematical background. But Dr. Regan on James Altucher's podcast, which I recommend listeners uh, listen to this episode that just came out, which I'll link to, said, and I quote, there's no evidence of cheating in over the board at all in Hans's games, and that he screened 106 events counting online plus over the board since January 2020. So with those two news items covered, let's uh, just quickly remind you all who Grandmaster Jakob Agard is. He's the co-founder of Quality Chess and of Killer Chess training. And in Tuesday's episode, we discussed everything except for the Hans Niemann controversy. So now we welcome him back to discuss the news of the day. Welcome, Jakob. Thank you very much. And I apologize to the listeners that I have my camera off, uh, but they probably wouldn't notice this anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. They'll, they'll be listening to this only. So Jakob, you've been following this story closely, had to drop off of social media because like a lot of people, uh, this story can be consuming and triggering, especially if one is going back and forth. But to your mind, Jakob, what have been the biggest developments in this story, if any, in the, say, the past week? Um. I think a lot of the biggest development have been sort of uh, off the record. Um, but I think more the, the chance to reflect on, on what happened uh, is, is really important. Um, so, yeah, I wrote a blog post which was intended for, uh, uh, for the few hundred members who have a killer chest training. And a lot of people had told me on... Uh, and I wrote very quickly. There's a missing he somewhere. And so I, I just put it out very quickly because what I saw happening online seemed to be anything but due process. Um, and I didn't have the same experience of the facts as as people had. We have Nakamura's uh, stream, which you can still find on YouTube, I think, where he, for half an hour, said in any other way than using the words that Hatch was cheating and that he was a very, very poor player. And generally, it, it was not... Uh, Nakamura has since said he has not accused Hatch of cheating. Uh, and I think this is technically correct. It was just a half an hour of smear because he got he clearly could just got caught in the moment and thought it was entertaining and I'm on a roll and and, you know, the, the chat was great or something. And, and he sort of was, was, was milking it for a comedy effect. And uh, as such, it was entertaining, but uh, maybe not very responsible. And then I don't know if it was the next day or something, it's streaming. And suddenly there's like, I need to take some, make some phone calls. And he's back a few minutes later. And, oh, we'll not do any more live coverage from... St. Louis, like he cannot share their broadcast. Uh, so you could guess who these phone calls were from. Um, I have no in 
extra information. I don't know if any extra information exists online, but you could could think that there was someone who were not very happy at at uh, how the tournament was being portrayed at one of the biggest uh, uh, the biggest outlets of chess. Um, and yeah, I think probably uh, Nakamura should at some point make a personal apology to Hans and it could probably be swept under the carpet quite quickly. I I, I, I just don't think that's, or maybe not, I, I don't know. There, there would be personal relations. There's so many people who don't like each other. We, we shouldn't worry too much about that. Um, but really a lot of people sort of thought that this was very high quality investigative journalism and I don't think we have had much of that. I don't think my blog post was. It was half an hour. I quickly wrote it. Uh, the idea was to uh, put it on Facebook. And then kind of said, no, no, I'll put it on our blog. And then I'll put it on Reddit. And I'm like, I've heard what Reddit is. But I didn't <laughs> think it was anything special. Like I thought it was a place where a few nerds are. And then uh, <laughs> like I think it has been the post where it was there had been viewed like 200,000 times or something wow. and the the actual blog posts has been read has been read more than any of my books um, and then I got all these messages with people who were unhappy with me um, comparing cheating in online non-priced games to cheating on your homework and thinking like there are more victims in the online games well, it was written for the members of our academy, but it doesn't mean that I have like special insights into the Hans Neiman thing. There was some some observations I can make, like there was made this assertion that he has the most meteoric rise of of any young player ever, which for me was uh, how do you Americans say it? Garbage, <laughs> um, because we like we. If you take exactly the rating point rating Hans had, like before he started to increase his rating a lot, and exactly where he ends, then you can probably find that he is the player who made the fastest in time, not in games, but the fastest in time improvement from that rating to that rating. But let's say we start with 2300, we go to 2700. You'll probably find that it's Magnus Carlsen who had the fastest. You also, if you look at Irigasi's uh, jump in the last 18 months, it's been very similar to Hans. It's just been like 30, 40 points higher, starting point and end point. Uh, I remember Giri was like, he became a grandmaster at 14, and then bang, he was 2,700 almost, almost right afterwards. It was very, very quick. And uh, Aronian was, was 2,550, and then he was 2,750, and he was 21. And so there's a lot of these things and there's been some graphs of people who are debunking these um, uh, various stories online. There was one uh, which I'm sure you probably saw with saying that when Hans played games that were online, he was doing well. Uh, well, were broadcast online, he was doing well. When he was playing games that were not broadcast online, he was doing doing worse um, and I thought actually there was some some merit to, to coming with this uh, this observation but again there were so many choices 
and so many things that had to, to be explained before it becomes other or anything else than oh we find a statistical anomaly that fits our assassination target first of all the dates chosen were in the past like it was not for the last two years or something it was something like from somewhere in 19 to, to somewhere in 20. so it was like a specific period so what is the most obvious reason for where where they start and where they end because if you go before that the stats don't help you. If you go past that, the stats don't help you. And I haven't actually checked the stats. They could be absolutely bogus. Um, so so there, there, there definitely is something there. And then we have uh, Kenny Regan, who is with his 106 uh, events since uh, January 2020, have not found statistical anomalies. And I, I actually watched the, the podcast also uh, with him explaining it. And uh, the way he's explaining it, it's, uh, let's just say that uh, you could technically fly under the radar um, and cheat, but you'd have to do it so minimally that the swing of rating points which are were in that tweet would just have no relationship to it. Hmm. Um, so so th there's a lot of these things like really garbage theory. And let's not, you know, I, I, I said, let's not talk about Elon Musk. And then we have, have talked enough about that. Um, but another theory which was really widely... Um, spread as having real credibility was that Magnus's preparation was leaked. And this was like, it was incredibly senseless. Um, first of all, uh, you know, he travels with one, one second to tournaments, which is Peter Heine Nielsen. The idea that Peter Heine Nielsen would sell Magnus's preparation or something, um, like, what? Why? <laughs> and to Hans Niemann, why? And uh, then you can think about maybe they w had hacked the internet of the house where Magnus was living. How would, would like, Magnus and uh, Hansen and his team of MI, uh, MI agents or what, whatever it is, like, did anyone spot Tom Cruise in, in St. Louis? You know, are we... Uh, it's just so so farcical, but especially the way it was made into something and an evidence of something uh, of of cheating, uh, especially the the lack of understanding of how chess works with with how chess cheating would work and combining the two was just frankly ridiculous. Um, we had the situation where after the game with Magnus, uh, Hans explained, you know, I actually looked at this this morning and I saw it. And after some point where Magnus, is, Magnus made a mistake, Hans said, oh, my, my preparation continued. And then he just waffled out some moves. And then, yeah, one of them was a blunder because he sort of like was saying something. I've seen Kasparov say, give a long variation. And the end of it says, oops, here I think I'm a queen down, you know. So what? This was pre-computers, but uh, and in front of a big audience. Um, but it was just like, well, 
the idea that someone is lying about preparation and then showing what he had prepared, like what kind of cheating is he doing to, to do that? Let's get a narrative. How is he going in and just waffling the moves, bang, 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 like that in the interview? It makes no sense. This was preparation for the game. He somehow uh, looked at it before the day. Uh, we, we saw then in the interview explain how he got there from the Catalan, and it made perfect sense. This is a guy who works around the clock, as anyone who met him knows. Um, so he's so he, he doesn't, because he said that in my interview, but you mentioned in your blog post, Jakob, when you would check in on him while you were doing a training camp together, every time you did, he was uh, he was studying chess. Yeah, yeah, like it's like I think I said this in the blog post as well. So one thing I didn't check again; it was what I wrote. Uh, but the the training camp was not a big success, as in you know we got along fine, and and, and you know we, my kids were here. We played table tennis, we had a good time, and and so on. But but from a training perspective, my approach to it and and his approach was not really working. He has a very singular way of sort of, I want to do everything my way. And he left here having said that, you know, I, th I think I really understood what I need to work on now. And, and, and later on, I've given him some training material and so on, but I, I don't know to what extent he has used it. Uh, but a lot of the time he would just be up in the room. And I would, whenever I went in there, he was lying on the bed with the laptop playing through games and analyzing stuff. I, I literally had to drag him out of there to for him to do anything else but chess. Other people have said that on the uh, Magnus the Seconds on the Chicken Club uh, chess podcast. Uh, said, you know, he was in Paris, never been there before. He crossed them all in blitz, the top French players, except for the, the two stars, the, but the, the 2680 guys, he crushed them. I went back to the hotel uh, to study chess. It didn't go anywhere. Didn't see anything. Yeah, and in one of the post-game interviews, he even did describe his match with MVL. Of course, you're referring to uh, what Laurent Fressonnet, the story that he told. But he, uh, he uh, even, the other player there was Mossad. Uh, yeah, and he even played a public match with MVL where Hans said, you know, it ended up being something like 12 games and... Uh, they drew, they were tied after a certain number, don't quote me on the 12, and then went to an Armageddon game. So this is known, this MVL, of course, one of the strongest blitz players in the world, and Hans battled him to a standstill. The world champion. And, <laughs> the world champion. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so no surprise that when they asked MVL in one of the post-game interviews what he thought of these allegations, of course, MVL's uh, perspective is going to be framed by that experience. So of course he doesn't think that this, this kid who he saw with his own eyes, uh, you know, um, hold his own against him in blitz um, is getting engine assistance. No, so so I think this this was was one of the two reasons I asked if if you wanted to talk about this. So actually, I asked if we could do it so we could add to the other thing, the other podcast we did, which was out two days ago. And I asked you, I think, just after you released it, so it was a bit bad timing. Uh, this was one of the things for people to understand because you know our own students have asked, are there any anything in these accusations and like what's the preparation leaked isn't doesn't that make more sense it just makes no sense at all if you know all the factors the also, the other thing is with um you know i i'm not a technical technological person um but i think it was i think it was daniel nerdisky who said on his uh on his stream that you know oh it should be pretty easy to 
to cheat. And uh, Kalia, who's a, well, we already know from the Reddit thing, is more tech than I am, but 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 also didn't didn't know all the facts, said, well, it's not metal detectors they use. It must be semiconductors, which are uh, sensing the, the, the special metals done to make, uh, to transmit things. And I have no knowledge. People should check this out for themselves. Uh, but the idea that somehow it would be easy to cheat, um, like, I don't understand a narrative where, where that works, where, you know, like, I, I do akin it a little bit to Mission Impossible. You know, you have to make some very convoluted thing uh, where, as the head guy, you don't have billionaire Tom Cruise but you have vagabond Hans Niemann who only owns one pair of shoes, <laughs> who has this team of master spies at his disposal, disposal who beats this billionaire owner's chess club security system. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then afterwards, in the games, you see no evidence of, of, of cheating at all. And yeah. when they increased the security for the fourth round, there was no, um, there was no, they didn't catch him. Like he comes there and oh, there's increased security today, and and they, you know they really checked him and there's nothing there. Uh, so it's. <laughs> it, it 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 was it's just all so profoundly strange. I'm not saying it cannot be done. Um, I'm just saying that uh, it's normally not where you you see things uh, like this happening. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more from Grandmaster Jakob Algard. Perpetual Chess is brought to you in part by AimChess.com. AimChess has an algorithm which reviews your games from the major chess playing sites and then gives you actionable information about what to work on. I haven't been playing as much Blitz lately, just been busy with family stuff. And when I review my games, it shows. My openings are still good, but I need to work on my tactics, my end games, my advantage capitalization, and some other stuff. The good news is that Aim Chess has the tools to help you work on those things. You can review the specific tactics that you missed within the game among countless other features. So you can check out Aim Chess for free. And then if you do decide to subscribe, use the code PERPETUAL30 to save 30% on the first month. Or you can also use the link in the show description for aimchess.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. But we have this history of over-the-board cheating allegations and so on, and they're always, always rather comical. Um, and then suddenly we're going to get uh, this high spy cheating by a guy with, with, with no, um, no resources. Of course, we had the Bulgarian uh, Ivanov, 
who was was cheating with a device in his feet, uh, in his shoes. And he was never officially busted, but uh, when he was playing Maxim at Lurgi, he uh, refused to take off his shoes when he was asked to. And it was suddenly his dignity of strip search me all you want was was suddenly with no not my feet you can see my bottom but but not my feet uh, it was too much uh, and 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 he he sort of ran out of there and and didn't really return uh, and of course Max is uh, is is Hans's mentor so it's easy to write a very a very bad blog post of insinuations that lead from one thing to the other to the other because we have the Kasparov quote by Dynalov and then Dynalov somehow becomes a spy master spy uh, operative and helps Topalov to become world champion even though you can't find traces of it in the games and then the KGB goes in and forces Kramnik to cheat in the toilet uh, the same way they later did with um, Athletes at the 2014 uh, Sochi, where they built a tunnel into the the doping, uh, what it calls storage for for doping, and switched blood samples, um, which is why Russia has this big sports ban. Um, and in the same way, you could build this story with with Max discovers how to cheat in chess, and uh, the, the, there's an Indian narrative which is sort of similar way. Um, but, you know, those stories at least technically make a little bit of sense and sort of like the most paranoid person with some knowledge could maybe think of these things, but what we have had instead have been utter garbage. Um, so, and then. We, we 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 actually we have this other thing we have this chess.com statement um, okay well before we get to that Jakob, which i do want to get yeah. to um the one other prong i feel like that we haven't discussed uh i you know i agree with what you said about the statement put out by the atlanta kings um twitter account i mean it the person whoever is behind it seemed to say that they were making a good faith effort, but I know that Todd Bryant strong chested his own analysis and found some data that disagreed. And in any case, whatever they found, I'm going to go with, uh, with what Ken Regan, uh, found being that, that he's the, the world authority on, uh, matters of, uh, engine detection, but there were also these videos put out, uh, targeting specific tournaments. So, you know, someone found the best performance. So as you mentioned to me, um, in a prior conversation, like we're already past he cheated at Sinkfield Cup. Now we're just digging through every moment of Hans's uh, over-the-board history. And two tournaments in particular uh, videos were made about. One, I believe, was like a, an invitational in Cuba. And one was the tournament where he got the, uh, the Grandmaster norm uh, in Charlotte. Now, I have some info about the Charlotte one. But before I get to that, Jakob, do you have any reflection on those? I don't know if you saw those particular videos. I have no, no information, no. Okay. Well, basically, he was just saying in these particular I, I, tournaments. I think I cut off from social media before those things really floated. Okay. Uh, he was saying in these particular tournaments, uh, Hans's Senapon losses were quite low, although Hans didn't go undefeated in those tournaments. And I have less information on the Cuba tournament, but I did reach out to uh, FM Peter Giannatos about the Charlotte one. And Peter just wanted to make sure that, that uh, listeners 
knew that they were aware of, uh, even though it wasn't public yet, they were aware of the the prior um, online cheating um, uh, misadventures or uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. They were aware that they were aware of Hans's reputation before he played this tournament. Um, so he actually he said they were watching everyone. They weren't simply targeting him, but they were watching everyone very closely, watching for trips to the bathroom, and that um, they actually. Um, submitted the games for the tournament to Ken Regan himself after the tournament. And uh, the, Peter shared with me a quote from the email, which he, he sent, he showed me the screenshot where uh, Dr. Regan wrote, uh, I gather that Hans Moak Neiman is the person of interest this time, but in the larger scheme, scheme of things, his screening results are not so excessive. This summary includes reports for rounds one to seven in isolation, but looking at se- his sequence of games, it struck me that rounds three to nine should attract more suspicion so those are included as well however the roi scores for the selections are no higher than the scores for the tournament overall and those are not excessive so and if you listen to dr regan's interview you'll see you'll hear that you know he speaks in a very stats oriented language as he does there but basically what he's saying is there's there's nothing suspicious in that tournament and uh and peter again assured me that there if it, again, if Hans were somehow cheating in that tournament, as you say, it would have to be some spy level thing. And we already know that he's a super strong player. So uh, Occam's razor would suggest that 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 is not what happened. It, um, it, 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 it is. Yeah, there's this big effort of trying to to catch him for something, something at some point um, where on the one hand, it's it's quite grotesque. On the other hand, if it's if it was successful, you know, like okay, you know, if, if it's there, it's there. So it, it's sort of like I think f- actually for Hans's reputation, this, you know, that there's these thousand internet detectives out to prove that he cheated, and they are so spectacularly failing, uh, is probably a good thing. Now I'm I'm not here to dispose person. I'm I don't have an incredibly close relationship to him. I talk to him a few times a year. Uh, we we are in good terms. He was in my house. Um, I have I have yeah, I, I like him. Uh, he seemingly like likes me fine. Uh, you know, but it's it's not a big bromance. But <laughs> but no, my reaction was to the same way as would do with anyone I knew who were receiving great unjust uh, treatment, whether whether innocent or guilty. Then. There should be a proper process, and, and that we will probably talk about this later. But I wanted to say a thing about Ken Regan because I, I, I watched the whole uh, podcast, and it was very interesting from two perspectives. Um, the one was when he was talking about computing and stats, and there is a narrow window. You can maybe beat his, his system. Um, but generally my experience because there are some known cheaters like you know they would buy games or buy the way into tournaments so there are some of these people in chess and uh it's sort of uh, most of them are known i I can i can uh avoid mentioning anyone so you don't get sued (laughs) uh but uh you know there there was a uh, yeah there there, there's some people who are uh, Revered for big achievements, where everyone knows that it was uh, uh, it was as a result of cheating, and even high feeder officials knows it, and they don't they don't take it out of the history books and stuff like that. Um, 
But uh, bar that, um, you know, I, 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 I just felt like this, there's no process here. So yeah. I, I really lost my thread there, didn't I? Okay, well, I want to I want to hi- highlight something that you mentioned again before we hit record, which we should I, I at least. Sh- I should say I, I have about thirty nine degrees fever here. So oh, okay, well we we appreciate your you're doing this, Jakob. And but one thing we should mention is we're not condoning Hans cheating online. No, and no, no, as, not at all. No. And as you mentioned to me, he's he's an unfortunate hero. You know, in that no, regard. No, no, like, actually, I said it differently. I I said. Uh, and th- this was like th- one of the, the the few things I managed to put down on paper in this meaningful way, that he's the perfect test case to expose the fallibility of our status quo because he's a flawed character. Uh, the thing is, if it was, uh, let's say, Gukes was accused of cheating and, and there's just no history or no evidence or no nothing, then it could just be laughed away. But because we have a situation where a person has... Uh, I, I, I sort of was, was comparing to shoplifting some places. Like if he has cheated in, on, in rated games on chess.com uh, to, to boost his streaming. It's shoplifting. Now, shoplifting many places is a fine. Some places it's a criminal record, but hardly anywhere it's, it's jail time. And then people come and accuse him of, uh, of a bank robbery. And yeah, you can probably find it statistical uh, uh, correlation. correlation that bank robbers often started with shoplifting, but you cannot find one that is significant that shoplifters become bank robbers, right? Uh, because it would be so so much less than one percent or point zero zero one percent or whatever. Um, I, I have I have known people where sort of was common knowledge that they did shoplifting for kicks. And it's, you know, I have never done it, uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's just not the same as a bank robbery. And this is what would be to me to go in and, and, and do a very, um, very excessive uh, planned and, and very advanced technological cheating in, in the biggest tournament of the year, more or less, um, bar the, the, the candidates and, and, and the Olympiad, maybe. And com- comparing that to cheating online, where you know you in, in like ten seconds you're all set up with a with a download link. Like you, you start with googling how do I cheat online in chess, and then three minutes later you already won your first game. <laughs> I'm not, not no, but but let's be honest here. There. There, there is things like I think shoplifting is bad, uh, but technically, it's probably less damage to society than than speeding uh, outside your kid's school. So all these people who are thinking that Hans should be banned for ten years from chess because he cheated in a few games online, uh, just just remember you have to go to jail for ba- for speeding in your car outside of school, like. Because that, that is the comparison we have here. It doesn't matter if someone saw you or if you saw there were no kids or anything or anything. It's like, no, this could you know, have gone extremely wrong, an extremely bad thing. It's one of the few things I probably haven't done, but I, I, 
I've been speeding other places. So I'm, uh, I'm probably a good thing I'm selling my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we should get to the the chess.com statement, speaking of uh, online cheating, because that is another thing that um, that should be raised is we know of the admissions of Hans cheating, but then there's the implication that there's been more cheating online. So I'll read the statement again. I read it last week, but just to uh, frame frame this aspect of the conversation, uh, this is from Danny Wrench, uh, chief chess officer of chess.com, uh, who, again, and I believe this was issued last Thursday night. So that would be uh, Thursday, September 8th. Um, he writes, the last few days have been tumultuous for many in the chess community. At this time, we've reached out to Hans Neiman to explain our decision um, to re- privately remove him from chess.com and our events. We've shared detailed evidence with him concerning our decision, including information that contradicts his statements regarding the amount and seriousness of his cheating on chess.com. We've invited Hans to provide an explanation and response with the hope of finding a resolution where Hans can again participate on chess.com. We want nothing more than to see the best chess players in the world succeed in the greatest events. We will always protect the integrity of the game that we all love. Um, okay, so I, I have a, I have quite a few pieces of objection to this um, and, and the whole thing with chess.com. So first of all, I, I want to make this really, really clear that I think chess.com is a, is a great website. It's a great company. They have done really a lot for chess. Um, yes, I'm a dinosaur, I prefer over the board and so on. And this is quite obvious for all people like me. Um, I think it's, it's a, it's, it's a great company. I, I think Danny Wrench is a really great ambassador for chess. Um, but I think exactly because what I was saying with Hans being this flawed character is exposing that they don't have a robust and clear system, uh, and, uh, and rules for how to deal with things because I don't know you probably are you're you're, you're probably are more well connected than I am but what I have heard through friends of friends of friends is sort of it's leaking that um, that there's been one or more cheating in entitled Tuesday and that is is apparently what this is talking about but there's a number of other questions to this statement. Um, and the, the disqualifying of, of hands um, from, 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 from this uh, global uh, championship event. Um, the first one is, how do you create a narrative where this is not somehow supporting the $82 million investment uh, they have just made in Magnus Carlsen and his failing platform? Um, because that's a huge amount of money. That's a really big investment. And this is a deal that is not finalized. Um, because there are some questions there, like why did they move remove Hans from the Global Chess Championship during the tournament? Like, why was that necessary? The second thing is, why are there conversations with people like on the chicken chicken chess club podcast, um, Jan Gustafsson said that he had been offered to sign an NDA so he could see the long list of people who have uh, been been at some point erased from chess.com for uh, cheating, like grandmasters. And 
that seems entirely improper. <laughs> like, like what? So it's, it's sort of just offer, like, oh yeah, sign this, and 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 we'll tell you who it was. Like that's not confidential information, especially when we have a situation where uh, you're not allowed to see the evidence against you. You're not allowed to have a representative who sees the evidence against you, and uh, you're sort of just uh, convicted by the prosecution. Uh, with leeches, yeah. leeches, they just delete your account and they don't even say that you cheated. But everyone sort of knows why they delete accounts, especially if it's after a, a tournament where prizes are handed out. Yeah, a, a couple of things on that. Um, Jesse Cry told me the same thing. He was also offered to, to see that uh, NDA list. And uh, I'm trying to find the, the tweet, but uh, Grandmaster David Smerden in, in an exchange on Twitter uh, said about that list. Um, I'm assuming it means that he's seen it, but he said that once, you, once you've once you seen the list of uh, of um, people who've been uh, banned for cheating on chess.com, he said, oh yeah, he said, once seen, it cannot be unseen. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I can only imagine, and that's why Jesse said he declined because he didn't he didn't want to know. Yeah, Yen was um, the same; he didn't want to know. And and, yeah. and 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 I take it from Jesse and Yan, who are, who are both really high uh, high moral individuals, uh, that 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 was because uh, they thought they would think less of people for something which was maybe not that important to them. Um, but. This is a like, you know. I understand the argument that we have. They have these uh, various technical, technical um, processes and so on. Um, but do you think the IOC doesn't have the same problem? They would love to be able to just say, "Oh, that athlete is doped." We're not going to tell you how we busted you, but we know you've been dope, doped. You know you've been doped. And uh, here's a two-year ban, and if you don't accept it, we'll make it a five-year ban or lifetime ban. That's not how the IOC works. It's a, a probably a proper uh, ju juris, uh, ju whatever process, legal process. I, I, yeah, I'm really not myself today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a proper legal process. And... Uh, I understand the sort of the arguments of, oh, we're just a website and so on. But this is no longer the case. Uh, Chess.com mm -hmm. is, especially with the acquisition of, of Play Magnus, so we're now into some sort of uh, uh, close to monopoly. Uh, there is a, a nonprofit that, that competes with them. Uh, and then there's FIDE, which is, is mired in its, its, its own uh, problems. And from FIDE's perspective, this is a disaster because they could they could negotiate with Chess24 and, and Chess.com and then get, get one of them to, to, to give better terms than the other. And now they have only one uh, big uh, website to, to negotiate with. And I think in that situation, uh, Chess.com has immense amount of power over Chess. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I know from my life experience, you know from your life experience, that uh, normally when your level of uh, responsibility increases quickly, you don't really catch up to it immediately. And I think this is the moment for chess.com. Yeah. This is the moment no. for the chess world to have a discussion of better processes. 
Yeah, I, I agree in that regard, although I do just want to throw in, Jakob, that it's a Please it's disagree a with different... me if you do. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you, but I just do want to caveat that it's a very difficult uh, platter of of shit they're being handed. You know, it's a the, this catching cheaters online. It's a borderline impossible job. Um, and it's unfortunate that they they can they can end up being the bad guys trying to police the bad guys. Um, so I, I understand that, uh, that that's difficult and that if people just wouldn't cheat, we wouldn't have that situation. But unfortunately, that's not the way the world works. You know, mo- most sports organizations are uh, private companies uh, in, in some form. So, and, and they all have legal processes. I think in chess, we need the same. Yeah, um, I agree. And, just just uh, keep yeah, it but, keep it away from feed ethics, you know. They, they whatever <laughs> whatever they decide, you know that the truth is the opposite. And we had a question from a Patreon supporter of the pod, Jakob, uh, related to online cheating. It's from uh, Andre Develd. Thanks for supporting the pod and for the question, Andre. Um, and he mentions the fact. Well, I'll read I'll read the uh, the whole paragraph. He says, "My question is about online cheating. For me, as an amateur, I get every few days a message from Chess.com that someone cheated me." Of course, it doesn't mean anything for my life, but it means something for my online play. I really don't like the soft handling of online cheating for adults. My opinion for online cheating of title players is even stronger. The tournaments are getting bigger in prize funds, and the frequency is getting higher and higher. I understand Chess.com from a business point of view that they're not eager to ban title players um, when they cheat online, but I think it kills online playing if they don't take hard measures against the cheating. He says he thinks the only way to ban online cheating is to openly say that the penalty for adults will be they will be banned for life for a very long time. So his question is, why do you think online cheating has to be treated differently from OTB cheating? Um, And obviously this is a uh, kind of opposite tack to what you're suggesting because he does not necessarily mentioning a due process, but uh, I would love to hear your thoughts about sort of differentiation between online. Or I know no, you, no, it, it, it it's, it's a it's it's a very good question. Um, and uh, so, so first of all, I think that that there's, there is um, there are some differences that should should really be understood. Uh, the first one is how easy it is to cheat online. Um, so, in 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 terms of uh, again, our, uh, our analogy with, 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 with real crime, it's you go into a shop, um, you see that there's no one behind the counter right by the door. There's a chocolate bar. You're 15 years old. You're, you're an idiot. You take the chocolate bar and run out of there. It was so easy. The, the actual damage was so little. <coughs> and... It didn't. It didn't include planning. Now, th- then, there we have the people who are using these bots and so on. Uh, so that's more like you know that the, this person goes in the shop goes for a toilet break uh, every every half hour, and you you sort of time. You know, you're waiting across the street. You see them go to the toilet, and you go in, and so on. Already, it's a much more serious offense. And then there's the one where you come in with a baseball bat and a balaclava and, uh, you know, you whack him over the head and then you steal a lot of stuff. So, so, so that's part of the case. But the question is, um, if, if you go in, you're stealing the chocolate bar because the chance is there and was easy and he comes out and you whack him over the head with a chair. 
then it's it's sort of like between two and three, right? Um, and that's a little bit what online cheating and priced event is for me. Uh, but over the board, it's just the investment, like the investment of energy into doing something so obviously wrong because it's no longer easy. It, it requires probably reasonable financial uh, investment. It requires a conspirator. It, it's, it's sort of like, for, for me, that it, it just seems the organization of it is, is, a, is a serious thing. Um, but I, I, I don't think online cheating is okay. Um, but I think, uh, especially, I think amateurs have a much worse experience than than stronger player has in general playing online. I, I, I get like I don't play much online, uh, but I get like two messages a year. Like I, I know others, uh, short plays online all the time. He gets a lot of messages, so there's a volume thing. Um, but yeah, it's it, 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 it's 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 a fair point. Um, and I do think that uh, one of the things is that we have an evolving, evolving situation, a new, uh, um, new situation that never really been debated clearly in the chess world, and there's no consensus for it. Maybe Andre is right, and I'm, I'm simply from the past and haven't caught up. It, it, it's 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 very reasonable argument. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's a never, it's a slippery slope. And obviously, the issue of false positives, which I think are, are less than the, 1%. But, but, but this is the big point, like, if, if there's, a, if it's just accusations, and it's like, you're, if you admit you cheated, you can come back. Otherwise, we ban you. Like, what kind of justice is that? Right. I'm, 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 if there's some some uh, respectable system with organized evidence and uh, and a uh, process to challenge it, um, uh, you know, I, I think we have a we have a lot to agree on. And then every country has its different uh, penal code and and how much you have to go to to jail for various offenses and and so on and. Often it's culturally de uh, determined, and yeah, we we just need to sort of debate it out and find a consensus. But the mo the current situation is bad, and doesn't have to be my way. It it has to be resolved in a meaningful way. Yeah, we're gonna take a break and hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more from Grandmaster Jakob Algard. Perpetual Chess is brought to you by our presenting chess education sponsors, Chessable.com. Chessable, of course, utilizes space repetition to help you remember opening sequences and tactical patterns. And they have a huge catalog of excellent courses and they're dropping new ones at a blistering rate. New courses include one by Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. There's the new course Grind Like a Grandmaster by Magnus Carlsen himself with his friend Grandmaster David Howell. And The Life and Games of Mikhail Tal, which is an absolute classic book, is now on Chessable. And the video is done by Ginger GM himself, Simon Williams. So be sure to go to chessable.com. They also have tons of stuff that you can check out for free. So chessable.com, check out what's new. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A couple other things. I mean, we should we should wrap up soon, but I did want to mention, uh, I should have mentioned at the beginning, I think most listeners will know that obviously there's been radio silence from Magnus, no statement whatsoever. But as we record this, the Julius Baer um, online cup, I believe it's called, is uh, starting in a few days and Hans Niemann and Magnus are playing in it. And from what I'm told, there will be post-game interviews. So I don't know if... Uh, Magnus is the Julius Bear Generation Cup starting September 18th, excuse me. So I don't know if um I don't know. I'm guessing Magnus might punt on these questions, but hopefully he's at least asked about it. And yeah, the the beat goes on. I mean, I was wondering after what happened, is Hans gonna get blacklisted or is Magnus gonna refuse to play in tournaments that he's in or something like that? But at least that does not appear to be happening as of the time we record. So I I, I predict no questions. Yeah, I mean, and we should say, I hope you're wrong, but we should say Hans has things to answer for as well. I mean, I was a little disappointed that subsequent to the chess.com statement, he he gave, true to form, Hans gave some more fascinating interviews and seemed pretty accessible to Alejandro Ramirez on the St. Louis Chess Club. Um, but they never circled back to the air quotes, uh, additional uh, instances of cheating, um, which, which I would like to hear Hans address, uh, although I even more would like for Magnus to explain what on earth he was thinking because as it is now uh i feel like um it's you know i've i've at the, this moment i've lost some respect for magnus due to the way he handled this even if hans is guilty as feingold said in one of his videos even if hans is guilty he didn't handle this well um, um that that video from from feingold was fantastic because i was less coherent than i am but it was still <laughs> hugely entertaining i i hope i uh I'm just a, a third or a quarter as entertaining as he is, um, but slightly more coherent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I didn't see anything from Magnus which was out of character. Um, I, in some ways, he seems like fantastic. You know, like uh, I. I was very, very disappointed with the fact that he was like, I'm probably not going to play the world championship. You know, I don't know. We'll see if Arusha wins. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't feel like it now, but we'll decide later. And then the players are playing. And if you saw Kawana talking about it, he's like, you know, what do you do during the tournament? I'm in second place. I can definitely, you know, I can most likely make it to second place just making draws. And maybe it's a world championship match. And then if Magnus decides to play, I look like the biggest idiot of all time. And 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 it was predictable that there would be head games like this. And the the second place was Ding Lien, which was the only player who had no chance of winning the tournament, who started with minus one in the first seven games. It was it's really predictably bad outcome. And then Magnus has these conversations with Fide and I don't think there was like, I think essentially he was just telling them, oh, I'll make an announcement at some point that I'm not playing. But at this point, I think officially he's still not told Fide that he's not playing. 
because he used, and this is how I felt respected as part of the chess world. He used the announcement to promote a podcast about gambling that he was doing. So it was sort of like there's an announcement about the world championship. You can see it in this podcast about gambling. I get your your broader point, but he did say in that podcast that he that he told Fide in the meeting in Madrid that he wasn't playing. Yeah, so. but that's not an official statement. Right, but it it is giving them word. I mean, it's not. No, like no, no, they no, no, have... no. I, it, it, I, I'm, I'm sure that they knew he was not playing, and they were already uh, uh, making different arrangements. Uh, but technically, he, he hasn't actually withdrawn, uh, as I understand it. There's no contract has been presented to him. He has not refused any contract. Um, I, I don't know about that. I don't think that's a technical problem. Fidi could send him. Anything, anytime. Do you wish to play the next World Championship match? If not, please let us know, and he'll just probably just send them a, an answer from his lawyers. No, don't want to play. I, I, I don't think that's a problem there. But, but just the whole the whole process um, did not take any. It, it was not malicious in any way, but it didn't take anyone else the effect on other people into consideration. Um, there was not a great feeling of, I think, respect for, for the colleagues before the, the candidates. These are the people he professionally spends a lot of time with. The way that they, you know, Nakamura thought like he was full of, well, colorful language. And, uh, and the others also were like, we, we, we don't know. We're like, we, we, we just have to play for first. There's nothing else to do. While the final was for, for me, it's entirely unfair. Um, the, 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 I think the world championship is damaged much more than it would have been if we had known in advance what would happen. Um, but we, we will recover, of course. But then also that the announcement comes and is used as a vehicle to promote a podcast about gambling. And not made at a chess tournament or on his website or something in a, in a respectful way. I I sort of saw that yeah, he he does what he wants to do and he doesn't really care that much what other think or or, or, or think that he has a responsibility to towards others as long as he be, behaves decently. And a lot of people live their life that way. And here he probably. Just felt very unhappy about the game. He couldn't get get the mind off of was there anything wrong or not. And uh, then he thought it was funny to post that video or or something. It was just annoyed, didn't want to play, went home, and then now taking no greater responsibility for for the backlash which he has created. It's damaged chess a lot, uh, and. Yeah, I, I think it's entirely within character. And uh, but but on the other hand, you know, he's a fantastic player when when he's plays, it's great for chess. And uh, my my biggest hero in chess of all time is is Kasparov, and he's by, certainly also one of the most flawed uh, people to have been world champion. So it's I, I don't think it's especially bad, but it's just very often how it is with with top elite guys. They get there because they focus on themselves. 
So that's a good point. It's uh, well said. Yeah. And I did want to throw in just one little background fact as again, as we record, there's still so many statements coming out again, albeit not from Magnus, but Fabiano Caruana's new podcast came out with an episode today where Fabiano said that, that he knows for a fact that Magnus was aware of uh, Hans's prior transgressions prior to this tournament. Um, so for anyone sort of trying to piece together a timeline of what exactly happened, uh, making their own pet theory, be sure to put that in because I definitely consider Fabiano trustworthy and, in, and, in that and regard. With, 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 with that, I'm not going to say my speculation, but I can also work out why he knows. So it doesn't, doesn't take a degree in detecting. Okay. Well, Jakob, one final thing. And by the way, I should mention, I am going to interview Ken Regan. I've been in touch with him now, but we're going to give it a month or so. But I'm happy to report I will can, be. Can uh, I say talk- one thing about his podcast, which I thought was quite yes. interesting? Because first of all, I, I thought Ken was great. I, I think the work Ken does is great, but it also illustrates something else. So Ken is a reasonable player. He's an IM. He was 2400 uh, like 20 years ago. He, I think last time he played was like 12 years, 10 years ago or something, and he sort of took a battering and hasn't really returned to over-the-board chess uh, since. I, I, I know, I understand he's very busy with, with his students and, and anti-cheating and, and his uh, research into uh, quantum uh, computing. Um, but if you see the video of, of him uh, analyzing the, the Carson-Niemann game, uh, it, it's... A great uh, advert. Uh, uh, it's a great uh, advertisement for um, for the the fact that he doesn't actually check games himself um, because the moment he speaks about the chess, uh, he speaks on a on a decent IM level, but there's a specific moment which is move thirty two where he's talking about oh the computer moves knight c four and 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 then it switches back and forth with e three. Uh, and, and and so on, and maybe knight c4 was actually the better move according to the computer. And you will not find a grandmaster in the world who, whose hand isn't reaching for e3 with some, some kind of magnetic force of, of all their chess knowledge. It is just such an obvious move. It is not a... It's only surprising if you sit looking at the engine. It's not surprising if you look at the board. It was probably the most obvious move in the whole game. Uh, I should also say that this move, Bishop e6, that Hans played was really not that spectacular, uh, even though it was, of course, useful to have it prepped. It was it was not a very deep move. Um, so, um, yeah, I think just uh, the statistics are, are great because they can show you things that strong players won't catch, but also I think strong players looking at games also can have some uh, some influence sometimes but uh, uh, the the statistics done by a computer with good parameters are are definitely here to stay you had a question about ken well i was just gonna say and i'm definitely gonna broach this with ken and um and you know this can be discussed in in future interviews as well but to me, one of the lasting legacies of of this whole unfortunate series of events is now we've reached a point where you can be watching someone playing with your own eyes right in front of you or on a screen. And, and, and we're not talking about online chess, we're talking about OTB chess in a room full of people. And you can still and you can still not be sure that they're cheating. And I just think that 
that if that's how things are going to be, that has uh, huge ramifications for how OTB tournaments uh, will be staged going forward. And it's, um, yeah. But, it's, but we um, already had this for, for 15 years. But with the anal beads, which I know you said you didn't want to talk about, it's, and the stuff in the shoes, like uh, to me, it's like we're not talking about frequent trips to the bathroom. We're talking about I'm sitting here watching. This person hasn't moved, um, hasn't physically moved. And I still think I still don't know that they're not cheating. But like you, that to if, me is. If you remember Fella, uh, this is 2010, right? In the 2010, Olympia, yeah. the Olympia 2010. It's like there, there was no way of telling. Uh, Francine was uh, was sitting next yeah, to him on the team. On the yeah. team, sitting next to him every day. And then for the final round, the team captain doesn't want to play Fella, and Francine is like, "Why are we not playing the guy who's winning? Why are we not playing it?" Right. <laughs> And, and and like really angry about it, and the team captain and fella were and and I really apologize to the team captain if I'm wrong about the details. They were two out of the three people who were cheating together, and uh, and sort of the idea was that he would walk and and you know stop a specific point and that would indicate A to to H, so be, be, behind the opponents also. And then one to eight. So he would sort of give hints like this. And he would receive them on text messages. And because of that, it's not no longer legal for a team captain to be behind the opponents at the Olympiad. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good so it's, point. It's like, no, nobody nobody thought that. he was cheating. He was busted because the, the I think it was like the president of the French Federation was visiting the third guy who was actually sending the moves on text message. And that guy was in the toilet and his phone was bossing and he saw the text message, we need moves, <laughs> something like this. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like, again, even though this sort of seems very advanced, it's, it's a little bit of a, a Pink Panther kind of cheating history. Yeah, and Jan Nepomnici in one of his post-game interviews did say that, you know, to the extent anything good comes from this, the the concerns that Super GMs have been voicing behind closed doors will now come out in the open. I'm paraphrasing um, the quote, but but that's where we are. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, you taking the time as always. Um, uh, let's uh, remind listeners about Killer Chess Training um, for more unfiltered access to Grandmaster Jakob Agard and the new book, uh, a, a Matter of Endgame Technique. Uh, anything else to say in closing, Jakob? Yeah, I wasn't here to sell my products, but thank you for doing it for me. Gotta do it, gotta do it. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, But most of all, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode.
Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.